This weekend, we're celebrating all that God has done through All In. And to remind ourselves of all that God has done, we want to start back at the beginning, over two years ago, with a bold vision and a beautiful truck. So let's watch this video together. So when I think about our vision in the next two years that God has kind of laid before us, it makes me think of old 100. Two years ago, I was thinking, what, what could the boys and I do together that just would build some memories and, you know, just bond us even more closely together? And I thought, well, maybe we could, like, restore a truck. Like, I don't know anything about restoring trucks, but it sounded like a cool idea, and so I pitched it. I said, boys, what do you think? Are you in? Because if you're not in, I don't need another project. I'm pretty busy, but if you're in, man, this would be a cool thing to do together. It didn't just bring the boys and I together. It brought neighbors together, friends from church together. Man, if it weren't for my neighbor boy, this thing would have never happened. But at the end of the day, all the time, all the sweat equity, I can tell you, it was so, so worth it. So that question, the question that I had for the boys, boys, are you all in? That's what I really feel like. That's the question that God's asking each of us here at Door Creek. Guys, are you all in with me? So I thought, hey, why don't you guys check out All 100 with me, hop in, and let's talk about the challenges that God set before us for the next two years. We're excited to be part of changing the world. And when we think about it, it does start actually in our own city through international student ministries, but it goes on to uh, change the world through things like Advent Conspiracy. Man, that's been a cool thing to meet the needs of the poor, focusing on women and children specifically. And then we have the opportunity to join our sister church in Monrovia and help them build this new training center. It's gonna be a place that's training their own people and then future church planners that are gonna canvas West Africa and beyond with the good news of Jesus' love. We wanna start a new boomerangs on the south side. We wanna see that serving the community there around our sister church, Fountain of Life, and we want to see the prophets dump back in the south side and helping them do more good in the name of Christ. And we're excited to get right in the heart of the city, plan a multi-site downtown, walking distance from the campus, but it's not just about a student ministry, an intergenerational ministry, a campus for all people, reaching the people who work and live and play down in the city. That's what we're talking about as it relates to renewing our city. We want to continue to keep moving forward the ministries that have been changing lives. And so what we need actually is more space to do the ministries because we're not a church of 700 anymore. We're over 2,000 people at our two campuses and we just need more room. We need expanded facilities to help expand our children's ministries, our student ministries, our adult ministries. We need more worship space. And hey, up north, you guys know it. We need a space that's our own 24-7 Monday through Sunday. And so that's part of this project as well. So we're kind of back at the beginning, right? With the same question, the question I asked the boys. Boys, are you all in with 0100? And so for such a time as this, Tor Creek, I'm asking you, are you all in? Because I know together with God's help, we can do this. All in, 29-7. Hey, Door Creek, at the beginning of another year, 
we find ourselves halfway through all in 29.7. Can you believe it? A year in, and it's time for an update. So what better way than take another road trip? So your commitment to All In is making a difference there. We're excited about the prospect of a training center that's gonna be serving the people of their church, reaching out to the people of the community there, especially the women and children whose lives are affected by poverty. And that's true about our commitment here in our own city of Madison. Whether it's through Salvation Army, the River Food Pantry, Laleda's Living Room, uh, we're excited about our partnerships in the city and especially the relationship we have with Pastor G and Fountain of Life, our sister church on the south side. We've gotten the approval from the city to tear the car wash down, which has been an eyesore and a, a place for prostitution and other illegal activities. We're going to flatten it and turn it into a soccer field, a basketball court, and a place for a small putting green so that we can help the, the diverse kids of this community come together and build friendships with each other. We really need to get that resale center going. That's going to create jobs for individuals in the community and generate revenue. So as we head downtown, let's catch up with uh, RD, our pastor, high school and college students, and uh, hear what God's doing in the city through his people and the partners we have here and what lies ahead, Lord willing, in the future. RD. Thanks, Mark. Well, we're here on State Street in the heart of the city, and we have big plans for the future. We've already been working with international students. We've already been working with college students, but we want to grow our presence here in the heart of the city, seeing the gospel renew all kinds of people, all kinds of institutions for the glory of God. This is a city full of people, and we want to see this city full of people who love Jesus. And so through All In, through your giving, we believe the best is yet to come here in downtown Madison, and we want to see the church just grow here and become a vibrant presence here that loves Jesus and is loving our city. So thank you for all you're doing. We look forward to the future and all that God is going to do for his name and for the joy of this great city in the future. From the south side to downtown to the north side, we're all in here in the city of Madison. And now I want you to hear from Pastor John. We dream about going into this area and starting a community center where we can meet the needs of what's happening around this community. And thanks to you being part of All In and your generosity and the use of your gifts and talents, you're making that possible. So thank you so much for loving the city. So from the north side, let's head up north to DeForest and uh, catch up with Pastor Bob. Welcome to the MAC. This is what we call the Multi-Purpose Activity Center. Around here, it just goes by the MAC. I'm happy to say this is probably one of the most happening student ministries in this area. But also we have men's groups meeting here, we have women's groups meeting here, and then we even have the DeForest Civilian Police Academy that's going to be meeting here for the next nine weeks over the next couple of months. God is doing great things at North Campus and is growing us, and we're reaching out even to, into Columbia County. So here we are back at Sprecher Road. 40,000 square feet of new space. It's gonna be unbelievable. And I'm in here in the middle of it. It's a war zone right now, but pretty soon it's gonna be polished. It's gonna be gorgeous. And your commitment has made this possible. Who would have thought that a little over a year ago, we just launched all in and here we are getting ready to move in to this space. And so thanks. Thanks for all that you've done. And I can't wait for you to live 
and do community and be a church in this place and welcome a group of people who are gonna join us for the first time who desperately need to know how much God loves them and to connect people's hearts to Christ and see more and more people become devoted followers of Him, followers who change the world with His love. All in 29-7. Thanks for being part of the vision. Good morning, Door Creek. Yeah, you can clap. So if you're a guest here today, my name is Mark, and I lead the uh, staff here. And it is my privilege to, um, to do that and to take this time together as a church to look back over these last two years. So typically at this time, we've been chasing through the book of Luke, and we're going to go back to that next week. But this is the week at the end of this two-year vision plan that we called All In 29-7 to look back and to give praise to our great God who uh, first went all in for us, right, in giving up his own son, Christ, his own life for us, and then the amazing invitation for us to join him in this world, uh, to see us grow in our love and trust in him and see others come to know and love him. So um, this is an exciting time. And for those of us who weren't part of this church two years ago, those videos kind of, the first one and the second one spliced together, kind of give you this overview where we were going and what we were chasing by God's grace and for his honor. From the very beginning... This has been not just about extending our reach to reach more and more people, but about helping us grow. And those are things I kind of knew intellectually, but this side of it, just personally, I, I've known it at a whole deeper level. We have grown in our trust in God. There are many people who made pledges and commitments of service that took us beyond our comfort zone, and that's what All In was all about from the beginning. All in and this vision plan just emanates from God's heart, his loving heart for all people. It's just in line with Christ's commission, right, to his great commandment to go and make disciples of all nations. It's, it's in line with his promise that he's going to build the church. And it's accomplished through the power of his spirit and the power of the good news that transforms lives and even re brings renewal to our city and cities like it, changing the world. So the leaders, when we were working on this two and a half, three years ago, it was really clear. We wanted this vision to be God-honoring. We didn't want to make much about our church. We want to make much about Jesus Christ. We want it to be also a vision that was faith-building, that we didn't want to dream small dreams and pursue a small vision that requires very little of us in terms of dependence upon God. And we wanted this to be that which would fulfill the mission that God has called us to, to join him in changing more and more people into devoted followers of Christ who change the world with his love. And hopefully, your sense of this place is that that's what we're on about, God's honor. The name of Christ is what we want to have lifted up in our city. Personally, it's not really important to me that they know anything about Door Creek Church unless it's radically tied to the God that we love and serve, his son, Jesus Christ. We wanted this to be a bold vision that kind of moves us out of our comfort zone and places of complacency. We wanted to be that which takes us out of the stands and any kind of a posture of being a spectator here, just getting right in the game, getting right on the field. We wanted to be a God-sized vision that captured not only our imaginations, 
but our hearts. And it's been exciting to see how God has done just that. And one of the driving statistics that's front and center for me is we live in a county that has just a little bit over 500,000 people. We're told that about 5% of that population, 25,000 people, are part of churches that are regularly preaching and teaching about the gospel of God's gracious love for us in Christ. There's probably 25% of Dane County that says, I kind of am loosely affiliated with a church, maybe Christmas, maybe Easter, maybe not even that much. Leaving, even at that statistic, over 400,000 people. 400,000 people in our city, in the surrounding communities that don't regularly hear the good news of God's love. That's been driving us. And it's always been about pursuing our vision. And the vision that we expressed early on and all in is this. By God's grace, we desire to be a Christ-centered church for all people, where the power of the gospel is continually transforming lives, renewing our city, all phases of the city, and changing the world. And 29.7 is all about Jeremiah 29.7, which reads, Also, God's speaking to his people through the prophet Jeremiah, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And this is a verse that we've been going back to, going back to, going back to. And I cannot think of a more appropriate verse for the city of Madison today on March 7th. And yet this is what God led us to consider and to focus on as we built the plans for these past two years. And in Jeremiah chapter 29, we're reminded that no matter where we are, no matter what we think about the place in which we're doing life, that this is the place that God has brought us to. I love that about Jeremiah 29. I brought you into exile. You're here because of me, not because of a wicked king, Nebuchadnezzar, who ripped you out of the promised land. We're here no matter what we think about our life in this day, in this place, because this is where God has us. And he invites us to join him in this place to do good. And the call he had for the people of Jeremiah's day was a radical call because he was calling them to seek the peace of those they would consider their arch number one enemies. I mean, the Babylonians tore them out of their cities, burned down their homes, raped their wives and their children. They, they dragged them away as slaves. And he says, I want you to move towards them and to pursue God's peace for them. Wow. Jeremiah 29 reminds us that there's no room for thinking and acting like an exile. And an exile would think, you know what, I don't belong here. An exile thinks that there, there is nothing that I can do here. I, I have no place. I have no position. I have no power to leverage. I'm, I'm, I'm an outlier. I'm an outcast. A refuge is always thinking about where home is. A refuge is always thinking about how to get back to home. And he says, there's no room for thinking like this. I want you to think like a settler. I want you not to see this exile as a dead end, but as a huge doorway into bringing my mercy and grace to people that you would never have had an opportunity to do so because of this journey I brought you on. And so he says, I want you to settle down 
even though you want to keep your bags packed because the false prophets like Hananiah in chapter 28 were saying, hey, I've got good news from God. Hang tight, guys. He said in less than two years, he's blowing us out of here. Good. I'm living out of a suitcase for two more years. And then we're just heading home. This is not home. I have nothing to do with this place. I have no good feelings about this place. I am sitting tight until we go home. And God says, no, 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 no. This is actually a one-way ticket deal. Settle down. Build houses. Plant gardens. Get married. Marry off your children. Establish a city of God right here in this far-off corner of the world. And I want you to build a presence, my presence, my people here, that will bless even this city. A radical call. And man, if that's true for a place like Babylonian, then there is never a place where you and I could live where we would say, yeah, but there's an asterisk over this place. I mean, God, he didn't know of Madison. No, no, no. No, anywhere we go, anywhere we go. Man, they had a lot of hard things in their past. We can only imagine. We catch up with some of the genocide that goes on in places like Africa, and we kind of get an idea of maybe what it was like for them. We can only imagine how the hardships of the past could have just derailed them from joining God. We can only imagine that the promise of they're going to go back to the promised land could have been easy things to just keep them in neutral, keep them idling, not being productive, not joining God. And those kinds of hardships, maybe not the same at all, but hardships indeed and future plans that get us all excited are the things that we challenge each other to say, let's not lose our way. This is where God has called us. We want to engage God in this place, in his mission in this place. And that's one of, one of the beautiful things about All In 29.7. And one of the kind of big surprises that unless God's word had said it, we never would have concluded this. That our experience of God's peace, this powerful word, that speaks of, of well-being, of completeness, of, of welfare, of safety, security, tranquility, prosperity. That that's all tied up, not in the things that we typically would think, like our health, our family, our relationships, our job, our income, our retirement account. That is actually tied up in community. And he says, you will never be flourishing as my people if you live in a city where the citizens are floundering. Your prosperity is tied up in their prosperity. You pray to God, asking my shalom to come over this city. For when this city prospers, experiences my shalom, you will experience it. Huh. I didn't know that. I kind of thought it was an individual deal. That I'm going to experience this peace because I made and brought this peace. No, 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 it's not about that, he says. And this is the journey that we've been on. This is the scripture that's been guiding us. And I can only shake my head and go, unbelievable that this was the verse that was mapped out two years ago, that this was the verse that I was going to turn to this day, not having a clue what would happen on Friday night in young Tony Robinson's life and in our community. A 19-year-old from our neighboring town. It's actually Sun Prairie, where most Door Creekers live. A young man who just graduated from high school, who was shot, and now there's a grieving family. And it reminds us 
We live in a city that desperately needs God's peace. This, this isn't a time to try and figure out which side do I fall on? We, we, we fall, I was just thinking, so if a person stuck a mic in front of my face from the news, what would I say? I would say, here's what we believe from God's word, that everyone is created in the image of God, crowned with glory and honor, that at the heart of God's heart, he has always given preference actually to the underdogs, to the widows, to the orphans, to the strangers, to the poor, to the alien. And that Christ served all people, especially moving towards those that are marginalized, and he calls us to do the same. That there are members in my church who have children and grandchildren that are African-American, and they fear for those young men's lives. And there are members of our church that faithfully serve in our police forces, in the sheriff's department. And this is a time for us to come together and to listen to God and to move his purposes forward. There are many people floundering in this city. So we're in these new digs and it looks like we're flourishing. God says to us, we're not flourishing in this city when people are floundering. Whether it's racial disparity or discrimination, racism, poverty, homelessness, the achievement gap, incarceration, graduation rates, rates, there's plenty of work to be done. But let me set the record straight. The people who are floundering don't get diced up in this small category, meaning minorities who are poor. There are people making six figures that are floundering in our city. There are a bunch of wealthy senior adults who have been completely isolated, cut off from family and friends, and they're not, they're not flourishing. They're floundering. There's kids in the city. There's kids in the suburbs that are floundering. There's people that have work. There's people who are looking for work that are floundering. There are people that have marriages, and there are people whose relationships are all seemingly busted up. There isn't a person breathing in our community that doesn't need God's shalom that comes through Christ. So we're committed and have been to seeking God's shalom for our city. And there's a strong verb there in that word seek. It's an imperative. It's a command. Listen to the different ideas that it includes. To seek with care. To inquire, that's part of the care of the investigation. A thorough investigation as an illegal case. Or listen to this metaphor. Or seeking food when starving. So seeking the peace of our city means this. An intense desire to understand how we can come alongside to serve and care for our neighbors who are in need. Our neighbors who are struggling. Our neighbors who are floundering. And we're seeking that they know God's peace. And the other verb, that we're praying to God for eyes to see our neighbors in need, for courage to move toward them. Remember what the great phrase from Artie's message last week, the Good Samaritan? Courage to get off our... You heard that sermon. Okay, good. Donkey. <laughs> 
pray, asking God to give us compassion and wisdom to know what it looks like to extend mercy. Pray that we would understand what it looks like to love mercy, to do justice, to walk in humility before God. Pray that we'd acknowledge our inability to bring God's peace. Pray, asking God to bring peace to our city. Pray that we would point them to the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. So the false prophet Hananiah said, two more years, guys, we're busting out of here. Just keep it all in a suitcase. Jeremiah says, no, that's not it. This is our life work. This is our life work. Isn't it interesting? Hananiah said, less than two years. Isn't it interesting? Olin was a, a two-year vision plan. And right now God says to us, it wasn't a two-year push. We're not closing the book. We're turning the page. There's a new chapter. It's not time to stop. This is a life work. This is a life work. In this city, from this city, joining God wherever he calls us to. So what we want to do and what we've been doing at all our venues, at both campuses throughout this weekend, is we want to apply this text. And what better time to do this than today? To get in groups, we're just going to stand in a moment. Six or eight of us, so stand up, find six other people. Get in a circle. You don't even need to introduce yourselves because we want to get to praying. We're going to pray for our city. There's going to be some prayer, prayer points up on the screen. Some of us, we don't pray out loud. I get that. I'm not asking you to pray out loud. But would you pray quietly, silently in your own heart? Would you just listen into those who are comfortable to pray? And let's pray a lot of short prayers. And then I'm going to invite a good friend, a member of our church, Marsha Baldridge, to come at the end of three minutes or four minutes to just close our time in prayer. So go ahead, get up on your feet, meet six other people, and let's pray together. Father God, we humbly come before you with thanksgiving in our hearts, even in the wake of unsettling news and tension in our city. For we know you are in control. You love each one of us and our city more than we love ourselves or our city. For you make it clear in your word, Jeremiah 29, 7, that we are to seek the peace of the city, the peace that passes all understanding. Lord, we beg of you, please, please open our eyes. Give us your eyes so that we may see our neighbor's needs and concerns as you do. And please give us the wisdom, a piece of your wisdom, to know what to do to help them. Dear Lord, our neighbors, families are hurting right now. Please give us the courage as your church to not stand idly by waiting for someone else to fix the issues and tensions that face our community. For we are the community. We are your church, the one you are coming back for one day. Let us not be the lukewarm church that you will spit out. As your church, we are instructed in Micah 6.8 to love mercy to do justice, and to walk humbly before you, God. Please help us, show us how to be obedient to your word. In the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. 
I'm standing in the refuge, which thanks to your generosity and giving through all in, we've been able to minister and reach uh, over 100 students in middle school and high school this past year and have them feel welcomed and loved and hear the gospel, some of them for the first time in this place that students can call their own. So thank you for your generosity. Hey guys, uh, Nolan here, I lead student ministries at North Campus here at the Mac in DeForest. And we just wanna thank you for your generosity uh, with All In to help us launch a middle school and high school ministry. We meet Wednesday and Sunday nights at the Mac and it's just been an awesome year. I'm here with two of our high school students, Alex and Naaman, and they're just gonna share and thank you guys as well. Yeah, it's been great to be able to start our own high school ministry here. We all come to the Mac on Sunday nights and just gather with a bunch of our friends and other people from around the area, get together, play games, have snacks occasionally, and dinners every once in a while. Uh, it's been really fun, especially with uh, worship. We were able to start our own worship team, and which I will be joining soon. And it's always fun, especially when it's followed by a uh, sermon by Nolan or RD or every once in a while, Bob. So we just wanna say thank you guys. Door Creek, thank you so much. Over the last two years, you have served thousands of hours here locally, nationally, and globally. And that's on top of your generous financial giving. And here locally, over the last two years, we've served together in hundreds of different organizations. And most recently, we've adopted 17 public school teachers. Uh, a number of you are big brothers or big sisters or tutoring through the Literacy Network. So just thank you so much for your continued uh, service and loving the city and loving those around you to the glory of God. Hey guys, it's because of your generosity that we're able to transform the gym here at the Sprecher campus into an intimate setting where people can meet Jesus and have community together. Kids ministry draws new families to Door Creek. Thank you for this new space. Hi everybody. Uh, even growing up as a Christian, uh, my belief was uh, to keep your problems to yourself. Don't tell your problems to somebody else because they already have enough of their own and, and we know that. Uh, yet uh, Christ told us uh, that we should confess our sins to one another and to pray with one another that we might be healed of our pain, of our guilt. As a part of being all in, uh, I have been attending a program called Celebrate Recovery here at Door Creek Church. Uh, it gives me the opportunity to confess, uh, to uh, hear the confessions of others in a safe place, it's confidential. Uh, so that we may be healed. Hi guys, this is Bob Goodsell coming to you from the Mac up in DeForest. And today I wanna to thank you for your generous giving through All In and helping to sustain and encourage our ministry partners in Liberia. As you know, we're ministry partners with Evangelical Free Church of Monrovia. We help them build a ministry center that they're not only using and growing as a church on Sunday mornings, but they're using it as a training site to train other pastors and lay leaders around the greater Monrovia area. But more than that, in 2014, your giving helps specifically for them to use that ministry center as a launching point to put together uh, disinfectant kits to fight Ebola and to go out to surrounding villages to warn about the dangers of Ebola and then give the, these kits for actual households to use to disinfect themselves after being exposed to the virus. We're so grateful for that. And your giving, no doubt, saved hundreds of lives. Thanks. Hello, brothers and sisters from Door Creek Church. This is Alex G. I'm the pastor of Fountain of Life Covenant Church and also the president and founder of Nehemiah Center for Urban Leadership Development. I just want to thank you again for your care and concern about what's happening in South Madison. 
I've talked to you before about how you've helped us with our remodel and our new construction process project. Um, you've also helped us take what used to be a car wash, a trap for drug dealings and, and prostitution, and you've helped us to demolish it. You made sure we got seed and soil so that we can create what's going to be the field of dreams. Basketball court, volleyball, flag football, football, perhaps even rugby. It means a lot to me as a pastor who been, who's been on this site for about 28 years to know that we have brothers and sisters across the city that are concerned about what's happening. You're also helping us with a resale shop so that we can generate enough revenue to put resources back into our community to, to um, support scholarships and to even create staff that would help us to serve the community better. We appreciate you and it is great to be a part of the body of Christ in this community. So what happens when a church goes all in together? A lot of great things. And how can you capture two years of what God has been doing in and through this church? So let me um, augment some of the things that we've already heard just there on that thank you video and go back to a letter I just received. We received it uh, from Pastor Matthew and our brothers and sisters in Monrovia, Liberia. Over the years, we've been helping them dig wells for clean water. We've been helping them feed children and students and kids that are living on the street, widows in their church. We've been helping with school materials for kids and families that can't afford those. And then the last two years, the big push on the training center. And this training center is a real deal changer for them. They've seen great growth in their services. They, they serve in the context of a Muslim community at this place, there are kids groups that are meeting three times a week, over 200 kids. They're meeting for small groups, discipleship. They fast and pray twice a week. They meet at that building. They're training leaders in that place. They've got people that are church planters. In the last three, two years, they planted three churches. They're on the cusp of planting a fourth we, we had no idea about Ebola two years ago when we embarked on this project, nor did Pastor Matthew. It became at the center of training in that part of the city and getting people resources that Pastor Bob just mentioned. We remember it was one of their own church plant pastors, Pastor Varney, his wife, who gave birth to a newborn child. Both of those died. Remember his older 20-year-old daughter who died, and then Pastor Varney died. We remember the tragedy that they have been through. And I couldn't believe it when Pastor Matthew said they're down to the last Ebola person that they know of in terms of the government records in the city of Monrovia, which is just amazing. And we praise God for that. And he wants to just send his love and appreciation to us um, for all that our partnership has meant to further their mission there in a far corner of the world called Monrovia, Liberia. And then I want to read a couple other stories that have come in from people that are part of this place. This woman says, I've been living with a broken heart for 35 years over things from my past that have been haunting me. I had shame, guilt, and fear within me, and I'd been hiding behind them for a very long time. When I heard the words that wounds left untended only fester and grow, I began to think that maybe I was in the right place to heal my brokenness. Coming out of denial into God's grace is a miracle in my eyes. I am so grateful for Door Creek Celebrate Recovery and all the wonderful people there who accept me for who I am, brokenness and all. I love this line. I can wake up now every day 
knowing that I am loved, strong, and courageous with the help of a loving God. Praise God. This person writes of their small group experience. Our life group has walked together through tough things. Death of a loved one, loved ones, broken marriage, job loss, kids struggling with school, health issues, etc. And are helping to encourage each other and carry one another's burdens as we do life together. One family writes, just like everyone else, our family has its ups and downs. We were at our down and Door Creek Church and God has given us hope again. This uh, man writes, my wife and I have been attending Door Creek since early fall. We're loving it. I want to tell you how challenged I was by your message this past weekend out of Luke, especially as it relates to racial reconciliation. As a white male who frankly hadn't thought about these issues that much, especially in light of Jesus' ministry and crossing boundaries himself racially, it was profound for my wife and for me. We are thankful to have found a church which is pushing us out, but not in a guilt-type way, but in a gospel way to the world. We are so thankful. This person writes, My wife and I have been attending Door Creek for the past two years and have truly loved it here. We didn't grow up in church, but wanted to have religion be a part of our life, or at least give it a try. About two years ago, we found Door Creek Church through a friend at the gym. We've loved the teaching and the people so much and wanted to thank you for helping us both look at the Bible and actually be able to understand it more than ever before. We've loved the new series, Five, and so far it has helped us already in our faith and with some family members. Two more. I've been attending Door Creek for the past three months. I became a Christian yesterday. Door Creek has been such an impact on my spiritual journey. I grew up in the church when I was young but never took much of it to heart. I continued attending mainly on Christmas and Easter. When I moved to Madison this past year, I met several people who attended Door Creek through my gym, the Princeton Club. We've got a great gym ministry going here. (laughs) Keep working out, gang. This is awesome. (laughs) Uh, And they invited me to come on a weekend. I begrudgingly came, not knowing what to expect, but was so overwhelmed by the spirit of the community I felt here. I love the music, different from an organ. And I felt very connected to Pastor Mark's teaching of the Bible. I finally bought a Bible myself and began to read it. It made sense. Over the past several months, God has been moving in my heart. And through hearing about God on the weekends, I thought, I don't think I am a Christian at all. After this past weekend service and R.D.'s passionate teaching about what the arrival of Jesus has meant for the world, I could no longer stop what now seemed inevitable, me becoming a Christian. I can't quite believe I'm a Christian, and neither can my family. But here I am, and I wanted to email you and thank you and Door Creek for the impact you have had in that, not only in the preaching and music, listen, but in the community that I can look at and see every weekend, the love of the people. It's addicting. Last one. The All In Campaign has been an interesting ride. Two years ago, we made a pledge we were confident we could reach. We really didn't see it as a stretch at the time. Well, that same year in July, we found out we were going to have a baby, our first. My wife quit her job in December, and we became a one-income family. And the amount that we pledged no longer looked attainable. In fact, I told my wife it was not. I maintained that argument until last night, February 28th. God had been speaking to me since I knew what our tax return was going to be. And it was confirmed 
Today, as he's writing, when my wife approached me and told me she didn't feel right about us not meeting our pledge to the Lord, he has provided. And while it is now very much a stretch, we will, I love his phrase, we will be big giving tomorrow and we will meet our pledge. God bless this offering. So about that offering. God did bless that offering. Remember we started the month of February needing 400. The first three weeks we got about 60, 65 a week. We were at three weeks and it said we had 198, remember, last weekend? And we said we needed 202 to go. And I'm pretty comfortable in saying over the 50 years of our history, we just took in the biggest one-time single offering ever of $254,000. And when you add it all up, all the money given to All In, and basically everything we are giving to is this one vision and all of it, and when you add in the one thing that we kept to the side, benevolence. So benevolence is reaching out to families like the Robinson family, like families in our own church. In fact, we just are sending some money to the Robinson family for the funeral of their son, their grandson. But when you add in that money, which is over $223,000, here's what came in in the last 25 months, over $7,650,000. That's up 55% from the previous two-year period. That's up about $2,650,000 from the previous period. And all I can say is, God, you are a great God. You are a generous God. You're an awesome God that would move us to respond like this. And in your bulletin, there is a, a wonderful little half sheet. I'm going to quick grab mine because it's down here. And just pull it out. And um, let's just... Oh, boy. Where's my half sheet? Thank you. I'm hapless. Okay, hopeless. All right. Do you see it? First Chronicles 29, 11 through 14. This was David's response in the light of the generosity of his people. It is such a fitting response. Let's read it together. It's always good to get up on your feet when you're reading the Word. So go ahead. Join me on your feet. And here we go. First Chronicles 29, 11 through 14. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Go ahead, take a seat. Praise God. Praise God. So can I say... As my friends down under used to say in my hearing, good on you. Good on you, mate. Good for you for stepping out of your comfort zone. And for those of you who go, mm, I should have. Well, that's an everyday deal, isn't it? An everyday deal. 
I was convinced when Lori and I increased our giving 40%. I was convinced this is a big time stretch. Huh. I guess I'm learning about what big time stretches are about. Maybe I don't understand enough about God and his greatness. Good on you for stepping out. Not just in giving, but a lot of us, quite frankly, we, we weren't... We didn't have a lot of that resource, but we gave a lot of our time. Do you know there's 1,400 volunteers at our two campuses and all our venues with all our ministries that make this place go? It is great to be part of leaders that have bold vision, that are courageous. I love leading a great staff of people that give their all for the mission of this place. But honestly, the board and the staff can't do this. This has all happened because we've pitched in together. And so a huge thank you. A huge thank you. And can I say that this is not then the time to coast. This is not the time to step back. This is not the time to go, phew. I'm just going to speak for Mark and Lori. Hey, we've come to a new level of giving. Why are we going to go back? We've made greater investments in the kingdom of God. These are the only investments I'm sure I'm making today that will have an eternal impact. We're not stepping back. This is not a time to step back. This is not a a time to, to think like, okay, can we just catch our breath? No, we can't catch our breath because there are thousands of people right here in our city and around the world that desperately need to experience the shalom of God through Christ. And so let's not get sucked into a comfortable eddy and let's continue to be challenged, even by our brothers and sisters in Liberia. When I talked to Matthew this week, and I said, remind me again, in the last two years, how many churches did you plant? And he said, three, and we're just about ready to plant the church plant at the Firestone Rubber Plantation where there's 200 kids. And we're going to plant a church on every plantation, rubber plantation, in this city, in this country, until there's a church. And I'm going, you guys, they, they don't have enough money to feed their family three squares today. I'm not exaggerating. They're eating one meal a day. They don't have anything. And I'm thinking if they had the resources we had, they would have like planted a church in every major city in Africa, for crying out loud. And I'm humbled by their boldness. And and I want us to be spurred on by their great faith in a great God. Even in the face of resources, seemingly are always lacking. It's good to look back and go, wow, since we've opened up Our new facilities, just this one I'm thinking of in particular, but our two campuses, we had over 1,200 guests in September, 1,200. We had over 3,000 at Christmas for the first time. I'm praying that we touch at least 5,000 lives. We're going to have a great Easter egg hunt over Easter. We're going to have a lot of opportunities to do that, over 5,000. 120 new baptisms in the last two years. These ministry spaces are unbelievable. I just did Mark Bunker's funeral two weeks ago. I can't tell you what a beautiful place we have to come around hurting families and their friends, many of them who don't know Christ, the weddings that will be celebrated in there. I can't tell you how awesome that refuge space is. I was teaching our junior high kids a couple weeks ago. What a great space for students. And somebody said, you know what's really interesting? As they were reflecting on the last two years in our new space, they said, we actually finally have a space that matches the heart of this place. And I look at so many of you and I go, and that's the heart I'm talking about. Your open heart, your kindness, your hospitality, your warm, inviting way. 
that brings all these people in here, and I hear it all the time at newcomers. Man, is this a, a warm, inviting church. And then we actually have a space that matches the heart. But remember, the great danger is a church is always this far from turning a beautiful space into a museum if we lose the mission of God. Let's not do that. And thankfully, gratefully, it didn't all get done. It didn't all happen. There's still work to be done. We still have not made a dent on internationals. I still scratch my head, and I'm praying that God will put it on some hearts of leaders in this church to take advantage of 10,000 people that are in a strange land who are craving a friendship with someone like you, someone like your family, someone like your, your friends that share an apartment with you. They're craving it. We just haven't done that yet. I'm so glad that's still out there to remind us the world is our doorstep. I, I'm telling you that there's been an offer on the table for the Thorstead property for months now, and Pastor G's ready to go. But we just haven't closed the deal yet. And hopefully that'll be up and going soon, but pray for that. We've been talking about a downtown campus, right? Walking distance from the campus, but not just for students. And we just haven't had traction there. We've been talking about Northside Ministry Community Center. And John's been doing a great job, Pastor John Anderson, of assessing the needs in the community. And in just the last few months, God has brought those two things together in a most exciting way. That's a stone's throw from Boomerang's right there at Northgate Mall and allows us to maybe plant a site that has both a church and a holistic ministry community center just making a huge impact on the north side. And if you knew the history of our first multi-site is the board first really wanted to plant a multi-site right by Boomerangs. And I just go, okay, I'm so glad that there's more work to be done to remind us we didn't close the book on it. We didn't even close the chapter on it. We were just turning a page. And the reason we're turning the page is all in. And this two-year plan may be behind us, but our mission is not. He calls us again. Will you join me in changing more and more people into devoted followers of Christ who together change the world with his love? And I can't wait to hear the dreams that you have. This is your church. I can't wait to hear your conversations in your small groups as you go through the questions and get to that point. What do you dream for? What is God placing on our heart as we seek the peace, the prosperity of our city, as we seek to see the gospel transforming lives and renewing our city and changing the world? And so as we continue to gather on the weekend and grow in groups and give of ourselves, may the best truly be in front of us. I remember saying, it wasn't on the highlight video, but I remember saying this at the end of the first video. What an awesome thing it will be to look back on the other side and say, whoa, God, you are an awesome God to let us be part of this. So here we are on the other side. And we know more about God's greatness. We know more about what it means to trust him. We know more about what we can do together. But can I say our perspective over two years is going to pale in comparison to, to the day when you and I stand before God and look back on our lives and see the fullness of all that took place. And I'm confident as we spur each other on to love and good deeds that our looking back will not be with regret, but with great awe. God, you let us do this? You did that? I had no idea that was going on. Let's pray. Now to him who is able 
to do immeasurably more than all that we could ever ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us, even the spirit of Christ. To him, our great God, be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus our Lord throughout all generations forever and ever. God, you are so good. Thank you for this new taste of your goodness. And may we spread this taste to all that you have us encounter from this day forward. Amen.